This is Amy Cohen Epstein, founder, president, and executive director of the Lynn Cohen Foundation and The Seam, the series for education and awareness in medicine. In this podcast, I'll be interviewing researchers, doctors, scientists, female founders, entrepreneurs to talk about women's health, wellness, and preventive care. Take a listen. I'm so lucky that I have such smart, amazing, outgoing friends. And when I get to interview them, it's even better. So today I'm with Nadia Sewell, who is in Los Angeles for the summer. So I've sort of made you come in and do this. And I'm really excited. And what I want to start with is just tell us not just sort of who you are and where you're from, but why you have this deep-seated interest in women's health. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And I'm so lucky that I have (laughs) friends who do incredible things. And thank you. So I met you in Abu Dhabi. And I think that's just a reflection of the relationships that we're Mm -hmm. able to build in a place like that. I grew up in the UAE, lucky to call it home. So my mother was diagnosed with colon cancer at the age of 47. I was in college at the time. And that really changed things for us as a family. My father had been sick when we were in school. He'd had major heart issues and we almost lost him. And then mom got sick. And when my mother got sick, I think that really rocked the family because moms are just the foundation of the, not that fathers aren't, and I don't want to, you know, take away from what happened with my father. And that was very traumatic, but you know, I think we all lean on my mother a lot and the way she managed her treatment and, and the way she came out of it was very inspiring. So she had to have a big chunk of her colon removed and she went through chemo, which again, a lot of people go through, but she went through severe depression after her chemotherapy. And she decided she didn't want to be on medication forever. She understood how it affected her and then how it affected her relationships and her family. And she decided to turn to yoga, meditation, Pilates, and she became a yoga teacher, a regular meditator and a Pilates instructor and just changed her outlook on life or or chose a positive outlook. And that just really inspired the family. You know, she kept us together throughout. Obviously, it caused a lot of anxiety in us and and my younger brothers. But, you know, we all kind of went through it, came through it together. And I don't know, that's just, that was so inspiring. Uh, A couple of years later, I moved back home after college, after I graduated, worked for my father for a few years. And then a few years into working with him, my mom and I decided we wanted to start a studio. So how old were you at this point? Uh, I think I was around, oh gosh, I've got to backtrack. Like mid-20s? Yeah, I was in 2007. So I was in my mid-20s. Okay. Uh, and we decided to start a yoga and Pilates studio, My uh, myself, my mother, and a friend of ours named Elina. Mm-hmm. And we started with two small spaces. Abu Dhabi had no studios at the time, so we were the first yoga and Pilates studio. We weren't sure how it would do, how people would take it, but I felt so inspired by my mom's journey. I felt we had to offer something. Also, it's frustrating not to have things like that in the UAE. And so we started. A few years into it, we decided we wanted to expand what we were doing. We wanted a full wellness space, not just movement, but we wanted to add meditation. We wanted to add kids programs. We wanted to add pre and postnatal. We wanted to have a healthy cafe. We wanted to run retreats. You know, we just wanted a full service offering. And so we found a new space and fit it out. And right when I had my daughter... In uh, 2012, we opened our larger space and opened our first fully integrated wellness center. 
It's amazing. So we've been running this for, I want to say a little over 15 years now. And then I also opened a healthy cafe with a good high school friend of mine, Mira Naman. And she is a chef, a pastry chef, actually. <laughs> but I called her up. She was working a corporate job at the time, an events job that she wasn't really happy in. And so I said, why don't you leave that and do something completely different? And instead of making junky pastries, why don't you come and let's make something healthy together? You yeah. know? And so, again, we created not the first, but one of the first healthier cafes in town. Uh, we started with smoothies and small little offerings, and then we just expanded that as well. And so we've turned it into a, a fully integrated, healthy cafe, and we're expanding that business as well. It's amazing. So, yeah. Okay. So to back up a minute. So when I lived in Abu Dhabi for five years, 2007 to 2012, it was just when you had opened right. Body Tree Studio. And Nadia and I became friends because you were originally my Pilates instructor. I was. And then we blabbed so much that we sort of moved on from that and took it out, out of the studio, let's say. So why was it called Body Tree? Okay. Well, we started out with two studios, with Soma Pilates ah. and Yoga Tree. Elena owned Yoga Tree and we owned Soma Pilates. Right. And we decided to collaborate. A couple of years into it, I just said, this is silly. We need to have a fully integrated. I mean, we'd, we'd always, I'd always envisioned a wellness studio and we adored Elena and we worked really well together. So I said, let's just, you know, joint venture and let's turn this into a bigger space. And that's what we did. And then we created the name Body Tree. We love the name Yoga Tree. Mm-hmm. That really resonated with people more so than Soma Pilates. So we wanted to keep that name Tree. You know, Tree's always meant a lot to all of us. It's just, it's, you know, it's a word that symbolizes rooting and it's got many branches and many branches of life. And so we wanted to keep that word in there. So we felt Body Tree that came from Bodhi Tree, from the word Bodhi Tree, yeah. uh, was inspiring. And then one of my other very close friends, Caroline Solom, created the logo. She had spotted something that was inspiring. I didn't inspiring. know she created the logo. Yeah, she created the Body Tree logo. Yeah. And so in 2012, sorry, I lose track of time, but <laughs> <laughs> that's as I was having my daughter here in Los Angeles, we were actually opening our studio in Abu Dhabi, <laughs> opening the doors there Yeah, uh, or, or our new studio. And yeah, that's really how we've evolved over time. And there's something that we have to sort of hone in on that's really significant that you see, you kind of gloss over because it's like no big deal to you. But creating, especially at that time, back in 2000, even 10, 12, a real wellness center for women mm-hmm. in Abu Dhabi. And of course, men can go there too Absolutely. at different times. But I think it's really significant. And even in a city like Los Angeles or New York or Chicago, Atlanta, there are few places like body tree that not only are for, you know, movement and workout, but really mind, body, and soul. And I just think it's incredibly inspiring. And it's so incredible for the women who live there to have a place to just, you know, root themselves, keeping with the tree metaphor, and then really understand what wellness means. So I want to talk a little bit about how the nutrition aspect got there and your intense and significant interest in nutrition as well, because I would describe you as a constant learner of life and constantly poking and prodding to learn new things and figure out what's happening and what's good for us and what we need to do. And then you bring it home. You, you know, it's like you're learning these things all over the world and your community gets to enjoy it because of your and your partners, but really I think your, you know, just desire to keep learning. 
So the nutrition aspect, mm-hmm. tell me about that and what you like love the most about it. Yeah. I mean, I think I became interested in nutrition right around the time my mom was diagnosed with cancer. But for me, it was, it's always the why. So why did she end up with cancer? What is the root cause? You know, how do we avoid going through this again? Because it's so traumatic. It's so stressful. No one wants to go through chemotherapy. Nobody Mm. wants to go through that whole treatment and then the side effects and then the medication you have to take after that. And then the other things that can trigger like hypothyroid, like depression, like, you know, it's it's always a, a whole slew of illnesses that will follow. And so I just wanted to know what's the root cause? Why did she have colon cancer. And so I like to dig. And then I was also going through different things when I was younger. So I had endometriosis, very painful menstrual cycles when I was younger. I was put on the pill for a whole year continuously where, you know, it changed my moods. It affected a lot of things. And it was just frustrating. I'm like, why are we always medicated? And then there, again, you know, there are tons of side effects. And I just like to deep dive. I'm like, can we avoid certain things or can we treat certain things differently? And so that's when I started digging into nutrition and I met different people, you know, and again, I feel like wellness is a lifelong journey. Mm -hmm. Nutrition is a lifelong journey. You're going to learn things. Uh, Certain things will trend. And I think it's interesting to deep dive, understand, does this work for me? Does it not? What's best for my body? I'm a huge believer in working with functional medicine doctors or naturopaths you know, do a little deep dive into your genetic testing, deep dive into what works for you. Uh, What intolerances do you have? You know, it's not the same for all of us and keep tweaking. And I feel like that really can make a huge shift. So when I shifted my nutrition, when I shifted the way I thought, the way I slept, the way I moved, that just shifted my health for me. And I saw that with my mother, when she shifted the way she ate, when she became, she's always been healthy, but I want to say healthier you know, and um, for her, I think meditation works immensely, even more so than nutrition. We saw a huge shift in her health and she's been in the clear for many, many years now. Thankfully, you know, she hasn't had cancer again. She manages all her other, I want to say the side effects of the cancer quite well. But again, it's mostly lifestyle and it's mostly nutrition and stress management and mindset positive thinking and mindset. Because I think of wellness exactly like you're describing it as like a big circle. And it really has to contain all of that in order to live a healthy life and have a healthy lifestyle. But also it changes, Mm -hmm. right? So what would be in that circle for one person in your preteen years, in your teen years? It's completely shifts. It 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 shifts. And this idea that, you know, the more you dive into this circle of wellness. And the more you dive into yourself, like Mm -hmm. you're saying, the more you get to know yourself, right? And then you can figure out and grow and change what needs to come in and out of, Mm -hmm. you know, your life in order to keep you healthy and to keep wellness at the top of your mind. I also want to say there's a big gap in women's health. And and this is really frustrating. And, and, you know, uh, it's sad that in today's world, we just don't have more answers. And there's some great women out there doing great things, great Mm -hmm. gynecologists, again, functional medicine doctors, nutritionists, but I still don't think we've cracked the code. I don't think we- Absolutely not even close. Yeah, we don't really fully understand. And I think we need to start looking at our health from when we're a lot younger, you know, when we're preteens, when we become teens, the way we eat and the things that we do, the decisions, the choices we make. I don't think we're educated enough when we're that young. Um, Not even close. You know, and I think that sometimes there are a lot of things that are prescribed to us or choices we make when we're younger that- 
might not be right for us at the time that then impact our health later on. And I think it's really important to have an understanding of, you know, what we're taking. And, you know, again, I'm not averse to things like the pill, but I think there's a time and a place. I don't think it's right for everyone. I think we should test our hormones before going on the pill. I don't think we should just be prescribed the pill or hormones for that matter. I think we should be very specific about what we're taking. And uh, I feel like if we start that at a younger age, then we go into our 20s more equipped for our 20s because yeah. our 20s are pretty volatile. I mean, we yeah. talk about our teens, you know, being very volatile in our when we're 15, 16, but I think our 20s are pretty hard too. And I think we do suffer from different hormonal issues in our 20s. And then, you know, later on, if we decide to have kids, I feel like we're not always necessarily prepped for that and we're not prepped post kids. And then a lot of us go through postpartum depression. Yeah. And so I don't know, I feel like there are better ways to support women and we're not there yet. We're definitely not there yet. I was just had an interview two days ago with someone and we were talking about how great would it be if we could rewrite, you know, elementary school, middle school, even high school curriculum to really change the health class that they all get, split them into girls and boys, or just give them all really solid information about what it means to be healthy, mind, body, and soul, right? So we could have a whole discussion about, you know, social media and body image but really understanding what your body needs at different stages. And one of the things this gal talked to me about was this sort of second puberty that women have right around 18, 19 years old that coincides for a lot of us when we leave home for the first time and go to college. And your body goes through sort of this really second puberty where it's growing in a different way, holding on to what you put into it in a different way coinciding when most of us have the most unhealthy time in our life. Absolutely unhealthy. We don't have access to healthy, even if we wanted it. In college, it's impossible. It's impossible. And your choices for food are impossible. Your sleep pattern is completely off. You're eating at weird hours of the night and the day. You're not exercising regularly Mm -hmm. because all of a sudden you don't have time or you played you know, sports on a team and that's gone for you. And it's really hard. And girls in particular are absolutely not educated going into that phase. They're not. They're not. And like you said, it doesn't just impact them then in real time. It's stored up for later. It stores definitely. And then you'll see it in your twenties, right? Mm -hmm. And then in our twenties, we have our first jobs or yeah, maybe not our first jobs, but our first serious job out of college. And there's a lot of pressure attached to that. And then we don't know how to manage pressure and stress. So that's another thing we don't know how to manage. And as women, there's just a lot that we carry a big load. If we're close to our families, we'll carry that emotional load, that responsibility. And then you carry, you know, the responsibility of your job. If you have a partner and you choose to get married, that's another responsibility than yeah. kids. So, you know, you know, it's just, we yeah. keep layering these responsibilities over the years and every decade, our responsibilities <laughs> grow. And they say every decade, our metabolism slows down. Yeah. So life is a little unfair that way. Yeah, you know? definitely. So you have more stress, a slower metabolism, but you're expected to perform at a higher level. Always getting um, it to a higher level, constantly right. moving forward. Yeah. yeah. So how do we manage all of that? And then how do we manage our hormones? And how do we manage our hormones where, you know, I think men and people in the workplace understand that this is something real. Yeah. You know, we can't have uh, eyes rolling <laughs> when we're going through something. Women do actually have hormones. Yes, they have cycles. Yes, our moods shift. Yeah. Yes, there are ways to manage it. But, you know, I think there's a lot of, uh, there, there's just not enough empathy. 
And forget about the workplace and sort of the men you work with, just in science and medicine Mm -hmm. and the number of doctors that you will go in to see, you know, I would say nine out of 10 gynecologists as a woman you you. go in to see, dismiss Mm -hmm. you or say it's perimenopause. So you're in your late, you know, 30s, early 40s. It's just perimenopause, which by the way, can last 10 to 15 years. It can last forever. Literally. (laughs) And you're just supposed to figure out how to bear through it. When more and more research is coming out into different things that we can do to actually not just bear through this really crazy time where our bodies are once again, like shifting up and Mm -hmm. down or chemicals are flying, but how can you stay healthy, right? What can you add back into right. that wellness circle that you've created yourself? And how you thrive through this period too? Because if you understand totally. your cycle a little better, you understand what you're going through, then you can manage your day-to-day life. Yeah. You know, you and can thrive. Kind of I love thrive. that. Yeah. yeah. You can plan for it. Yeah. As opposed mm-hmm. to just survive. Right. Survive. <laughs> survive through it. Not, and not the best. teaching our young girls who grow into women that you know, you got to put your mask on first and that you have to speak up and you have to have the confidence to do so. And I do go back to saying the more in touch you are with your body and how you feel about yourself and your self-confidence later in life, you probably will have even younger, but later in life, you'll have that, wait a second, something's off, something's different. And I'm going to find out the answer for it. You know, not all of us are major diggers like you Mm -hmm. who will, you know, look all over the world for different answers, but ask those questions. Yeah. I don't always find the answers. No, but, but it leads you on a path, right? But it leads you on a path. And even if you don't find answers, then there are ways you can support your body through whatever you're going through. Right. And I think that's really, really important. Yeah. A hundred percent. And as, you know, as women were still taught all over the world that, you know, you, you just sort of get through it. Mm -hmm. And if you're a little off or a lot off, you know, and no one's telling you actually what it is, then, you know, you'll be fine. Keep moving forward. Absolutely, And that's really detrimental and it doesn't allow you to thrive at all, maybe barely survive. Right. So, you know, that's definitely something to, I don't know, hone in on. And if we could put that in like standard Mm -hmm. education in all over the world, that would be really helpful. That would be. Oh my God. So the last thing I want to talk to you about is movement. Mm -hmm. And Nadia is my workout partner. Um, (laughs) In the summer, wish it was all year long. We kick each other's butts. And I know that I feel better when I move. And I really, it really helps me like dig into my own body and, and what I need. And then my endorphins go up. And your studio and body tree has done such an incredible metamorphosis, I would Mm -hmm. say, in where you started, where you are now, what you offer women. And based on research, it's not just pulling it out of thin air. What are the ways in which, you know, we can move at this stage of our life? I'm a little older than you, but sort of our 40s-ish that you think really hones in for the right reasons. Yeah. I mean, I think, again, it's so personal. So Mm. you need to understand what's right for you. Some of us can do high intensity and that works really well for us. Others need things that are low intensity and low impact. But I think movement every day is really, really important. Some form of movement. Mm -hmm. I think walking is probably the most important thing. I know people talk about it a lot, but it is really underrated. I think, you know, if there was one piece of advice I could give everyone, put on a watch and just track your footsteps and try to hit eight to 10,000 footsteps a day, just as a, as a minimum, you know, Mm -hmm. anything over that. Great. That's, that's a great bonus. If you've just been sitting at your desk for too long, 
get up and do something. I don't know, just go up the stairs, but just move throughout your day. I think that's really, really important. Yeah. And then, you know, if you love working out again, find what's right for you. So I love Pilates. I I'm a Pilates instructor. It's been the foundation of movement for me, but there's so much more to movement than just Pilates, right? So I love learning about fascia and there are lots of techniques like Eldoa and things my mother's deep diving into right now Mm -hmm. that I'm I'm loving, especially being over 40. You know, these are things that help you release tension in your body, but also tone parts of your body in a different way. But I'm also an exercise junkie. Uh, You know, I'll admit, I love it. I love the endorphins. I love running. I love a good intense hike. I love high intensity intervals. I like sweating almost every day. I enjoy, I love going into an infrared sauna and sweating it out. That makes my body feel really safe. So I enjoy what that gives me, but I have to be careful not to overdo it because I am an extremist. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) there is such thing as too much and understanding what that too much is, you know, Uh uh, whether it comes to like watching food or over-exercising, I think we always have to strike that balance and be conscious But I would say things like yoga and Pilates are phenomenal. And they're things that you can do wherever you go. And you can apply Pilates principles into everything you do. So I love to weight lift as well. I apply my Pilates principles to that. I love yoga. I apply my Pilates principles to that. I think meditation is incredibly important. And if you can't meditate, then at least learning to do something where you can just kind of slow down and be in the moment. That's why I say walking. Walking is such a good way to just, it's it's such a natural form of meditation. Um, If you can't sit there and close your eyes and you don't really want to deep dive. But yeah, Americans were really bad at walking. Yeah, I don't know. But you know, there are parts of the US where they make it easier to walk and people enjoy it. But you're right. I think in general, I think we're like a driving culture. It's a driving culture. And we don't, we walk if we're going to exercise, but we don't just, you walk. don't just walk. I know yeah. Europeans are better at it. Yeah. I think than Americans in the UAE, we, we are a driving culture too. Yeah. And diabetes is huge there. And yeah. so there have been huge drives by the government to try to get people out walking and moving a little bit more and, you know, a little bit more awareness on food yeah. as well, because food has shifted, has Westernized so much. And <laughs> yeah. with the Westernization, you've seen this increase in diabetes, yeah. which is quite sad. So there's a huge drive there to get people to move, but it's very similar to the U.S. there. Yeah, I agree. But what's been great about the UAE is it's a young country. They've developed it very carefully and with a lot of purpose. So you see the areas they develop, they build parks, they build like areas walking called trails, pl- pretty they, much. They build trails, they build things close to the water where yeah. you can walk and exercise You know, so again, very mindful, very purposeful, really trying to get people to integrate movement into their lifestyle. Most of the developments coming up will always include some form of, I don't know, an outdoor park or like you said, like, you know, somewhere to walk or cycle. Yeah. And gyms everywhere, uh, community gyms everywhere. So it's amazing. I think the mindset's really changing there. And you see a lot of the women in the UAE driving the change. A lot of the women are actually into working out. They love all the trendy workouts. Like yeah. you'll see them at Barry's boot camp. You'll see them at our studio. You see yeah. them at all the cool cycling places. You know, the women's only classes are jam packed. It's awesome. It's really incredible. Really, really incredible. It's always us. Yeah, they, they're really, they, they have a really good <laughs> understanding of what health means. We're also seeing cancer on the rise in the UAE, especially amongst women. And so they're looking into this a little bit more. And I think women understand that they have to take control of their health. So again, it's nice to see that they're more aware of healthy eating. What does that mean? How can we modify the way we eat and moving a lot more and and getting their families to be healthier? The two things that any 
the doctor will tell you, and specifically there's a couple gynecologic oncologists I work with and they, you know, and people ask, you know, what is the, what's the takeaway? What's like the one thing right. I can do to be healthy? And the answer is there's two things. One is don't smoke. Right. It's the single worst thing you can do to Absolutely. yourself. Yep. Um, that has long-term effects you don't even know about. And two is try to get to a healthy, a healthy weight mm-hmm. where your body feels healthy. And that is very personal. So it's, it's understanding what that means for you and try and stay within five pounds of that your entire adult life. Mm-hmm. Because when you have too much excess fat on your body and not enough muscle that helps you then keep the fat away. So building muscle when you're young and then being able to sort of keep that along as you get older, bad things in our body feed off the excess fat, right? So cancer, I'm just talking about women's cancers, breast cancer, ovarian cancer, cervical cancer, and then everything else that we share with men, our livers, our colons, all of that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that if you're overweight, you will get cancer, but no, you are significantly no. increasing your right. chance. And there's more and more research looking at metabolic health. Yeah. How do we manage our insulin? How does our body react to certain food? Mm-hmm. Um, there are all these yeah. wearables now. And, you know, I also caution people uh, with wearables. I think they're great to put on for a little while to get an understanding, but that just captures a moment in time. So yeah. you have to look at your whole lifestyle, but take that and, and get an understanding and use that. So I think things like that have become so beneficial. And I wish we knew more about this when we were younger. And I wish I knew that going into my first pregnancy. I so mean. I, I want to say I was like a little more relaxed, <laughs> you know, in my first pregnancy than I was yeah. my other two pregnancies. But yes, I, I completely agree with you. It's it's getting an understanding. This is not about weight shaming. You know, I think we all are who we are. We need to accept ourselves 100%, but also understand that, yes, I agree with you. I think know what's right for you. And what's right for you might not be right for me, right? We're all built a little different. Yeah. But keeping within that range, I think is important. It's just science. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is. So 100%. And I think that there's just a lack of information for so many women in different parts of the world, different parts of America. And doctors often are, like you said at the beginning, are so quick to prescribe. And, you know, for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction, right? So- if you are of high cholesterol, the first thing a doctor is going to do is give you a statin. Right. There are a lot of reactions to the statins and the way your body feels and your muscle aches and bone issues, all of those things, right? And if you add in a naturopath or a holistic nutritionist into your mix and you really go through, well, let's talk about your lifestyle, your diet, your workouts, and then let's get to a medicine if we need it. There are so many other ways to tackle problems than just prescribing. And what's another thing that come back to come back to this sort of perimenopause, menopause stage, of course I'm in, so I like to talk about, you know, so many doctors are, you've talked about the pill a bunch. So many doctors will prescribe women in their forties to go back on birth control, even if they like can't have babies anymore in order to regulate your hormones to help you through this period. And again, pardon the pun. And again, that doesn't actually get to the root of what's going on. It actually does not get to the root. It's just like masking tape that's going to come off. It's masking tape and it's going to trigger other issues. Yeah. You know, and so, yes, absolutely. I feel like deep dive as much as you can. And hormones have to be specific and intentional. Yeah. I mean, even knowing your mom had colon cancer, I was thinking about when I had a colonoscopy recently. And the bottle of chemicals that you're supposed right. to drink prior they're to so, a colonoscopy. So 
Oh my God. It's so gross. You read, if you actually take the time to read the ingredients on this jug that you have to do the day before, two days before, I think it was the day before. It's awful. I mean, it is every bad right. thing you spend your the rest of the year or the rest of five years trying not to put into your body. You know what's weird? I mean, so many people run different types of water fasts. And again, I, I like to say this with caution. Water fasting is not right for everyone. Yeah. I think it should absolutely be done only with a professional who mm-hmm. understands how to lead you through it. But people do water fast and they do colon flushes. Mm-hmm. And there are things that you can take that are so natural you know, like some extra salt in your water and, you know, and other things. But I feel like I don't understand why we're not using things like that. We've done it historically. So why are they giving us things that are filled with chemicals? And you're right. You're going in for a colonoscopy. It almost feels like it defeats the purpose. It does feel like it defeats the purpose. You're doing something good Mm. for yourself. Preventive care is my motto in life. But yet you're preempting it by flushing yourself with like horrible chemicals that you would never, I would never knowingly put in my body. It's very frustrating. And I do think that's, so it's not just educating women and lay people, let's say, but it's really also getting in and trying to educate the medical community and say, okay, these were things that we've used now for 70 years. Right. There are other options. There are definitely other options. Get into it. You know, I mean, yeah. I think the medical field is really, it's tough. You have some doctors who are very open to things yeah. and then you have others who are very skeptical and I don't know. Antiquated. And very antiquated <laughs> and, and and don't want to do things differently. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to ask a few more questions. And one thing I love when you, I get to spend time with you, I love vicariously living through the things that you're trying out and doing. Okay. So <laughs> tell me one or two of your new kind of favorite modalities mm. or treatments, stuff that you, you know, it has a connection to your, yeah. really to your body sure. that you're really into right now. Okay. Well, I've always loved acupuncture and you love acupuncture. Yes. So I, I I will do acupuncture on and off. I think it helps us through this perimenopausal mm-hmm. phase. I think people have an understanding of uh, acupuncture, you know, proper Chinese medicine doctors, Agreed. I think can really, really help. I love that. I absolutely love Brazilian lymphatic drainage. And I'm going to say Brazilian because I've, I discovered a place here in Los Angeles and yeah. I've been going, whenever I'm here, I go once a week. And it makes such a huge difference. So, I mean, it's so break shocking. it down. What to someone who doesn't know what you're talking about? Right. What is lymphatic drainage? So lymphatic drainage is a way. So we all have, you know, we have a lymphatic system, mm-hmm. and we can accumulate a lot of water. We can get this water retention, and it happens sometimes post surgery. So there's post surgical lymphatic drainage, which a lot of people are familiar with, and they'll do it right after uh, they go through a procedure. But this lymphatic drainage is more accessible to the public. So if you're trying to lose weight or if you're having issues with your hormones or, you know, whatever, you're traveling and and you tend to retain fluid, if you go for a treatment, then it can really help you get rid of that extra water retention. It can open up all the lymph nodes as well and help with the flushing and the detoxing of the body. Mm -hmm. And I think we have different parts of our, our system that we need to care for. So we need to care for our lymphatic system for our nervous system. Mm -hmm. So if we do too much and we're just overburdened, our lymphatic system is going to 
go crazy. And you know um, it. You can feel you can feel it. Different you know? lymph nodes in your body that Absolutely. swell up when you've you're got trying your to fight you know, something. Yeah, yeah, you know, you've got uh, your your skeletal system. Your you know, you've got muscles in your body that you need to tend to. The fascia in your body that mm-hmm. you need to tend to. So it's hard to tend to everything all in one go. But I have been loving lymphatic drainage. I do this over summer because again, I get to go to this great place here and the you have a little more time phenomenal. on your hands. I have more time. It's it's a two hour treatment altogether yeah. because. After doing the lymphatic drainage, then I go into this infrared bed and it's so nice and sweat it out, yeah. you know, after the, the massage. So it's really, really great. I drink a lot of water when I'm doing this. I eat a little healthier, a little cleaner. By that, I just mean, you know, just stuff that I buy and make at home. Mm-hmm. So more farm to table food. I don't really like packaged food anyways, but yeah. you know, I just, again, drink a little more water, more greens, healthier protein that works for me. And I see huge results with that. I wish I knew about this when I was pregnant because I feel like this can help pregnant women so much with all the water retention that we get. It's amazing. And post-pregnancy too, especially when you're nursing. So it's it's phenomenal. So those are two things that I love that really complement what I do. I try to meditate. That's like a consistent thing that even if I get five minutes where I can just- So how do you meditate? What's your meditation practice? I've done this meditation called Vipassana Mm -hmm. or Vipassana, and it is a 10-day silent retreat where you learn to- Oh, that's everybody needs to know. It's a 10-day silent silent retreat. retreat. No speaking, no phone. (laughs) (laughs) You don't talk to anyone. I find it very liberating. So for the first three days, all you do is learn to observe your breath. And it makes you a little crazy. But by day four, your mind is so sharp, you can learn to meditate properly. And for me, it's been the deepest form of meditation. I've really been able to deep dive. I don't really like going to therapists. I mean, I, I- Every once in a while, I think everyone should have someone, but sometimes I find it hard to open up too much. Mm -hmm. And this has been a really great way for me to deal with my junk, even things I've been unaware of and just kind of let it come out. And it's a great way to also let it go, just kind of observe and let it go. And we have so much that we've suppressed over the years, you know, from trauma to frustration, to anger, to, I don't know, all kinds of things. Of course. And it's just been a really, really great way to help me deal with that. It's also been a great way to become less sensitive, you know, focus less on our personal egos that Mm -hmm. we're we're not aware of as we grow up. And so it's helped me shed a lot of the garbage and I love it. Um, So how often do you do it? Whenever I can. Okay. There are days where I, you know, sometimes I'll go like. A no, but how often do you go on a 10 day silent? I've only retreat. done it twice in okay. my life. Well, that's like, I more would love than to do it once it. a year, to be honest, but it's yeah. hard to leave the kids in the business. Yeah. But eventually over time, I'd love to go once a year. And the great thing about it is once you've done it a couple of times, they ask you to come in and volunteer. So oh. it's kind of like a payback. And they also don't charge for it. It's a pay it forward service. So you go, if you want to donate something, if you've benefited and you want to pay it forward, you donate whatever is within your means. You want to donate a lot. That's great. You've got $5 to donate. You can donate that. You don't yeah. have money to donate. Don't donate. But yeah. I love things that are pay it forward type modalities. I think they work really, really well. Yeah. So that's what I do. And so that's a meditation I always come back to. I do that every once in a while. I love working with healers as well. I'm picky, but I find healers that I really like. I believe in it. Some people will roll their eyes and again, think it, it isn't scientific and it's just, you know, but I, I think it does really work. It's so give us me an example of a healer you've worked with and what so, happened. So I worked with a guy recently who is a, I, you know, I, what's the word that he used? It's more, he elevates your mind. So he asks you, what do you want to do? Uh, you know, do you want to think clear? Do you want to process things faster? I said, absolutely. I want to do both of those things, but I also want to learn to trust my intuition a little bit more because I know that I've got strong intuition, but I don't always follow it. 
So he took me through a session where I don't really know what he did. He had me read three different texts, short texts, and I read them and he did a word count. And then we went through our healing session where we were both very quiet and he did his healing. <laughs> I just meditated. So what, was, what does it mean he did his healing? Was he like putting rocks on your forehead? He did was nothing. He... he was sitting across from me and he did some form of energy healing. Oh my God. After that, I read 40% faster than I had the first time because I reread three different texts, not the same ones, three different ones that were about the same level. And I was able to read 40% faster. But also what happened over the span of that week is I felt more rooted. I felt more grounded. I felt clearer in my thinking. And so is it placebo? Is it real? Who cares? I don't know. But, you know, for me, I think it really works yeah. well. So there are all kinds of healing modalities. And I, you know, I love Reiki. I love things like that too. I think it really, my mom practices Reiki. I think yeah. she's a very powerful healer. So I believe in that. I think that That's adds awesome. a lot to my life and to, to our life. My husband doesn't always believe in energy healing unless <laughs> uh, unless we're talking football. And then he, does, <laughs> and then like, he wants us directing our healing exactly towards to, football, to towards win. the game. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. So, and then what's, what's something else that I've done? Another thing I've done is I did a metabolic test that's a breath mm. test. I worked with someone in Abu Dhabi and then someone in Dubai after that. And basically what they do is they test your breathing at rest and then they test it in an active state and then in a very active state. And from that, they're able to extrapolate this raw data that tells you how you metabolize food and what foods are best for you when you're working out or when you are recovering. So I found out that I wasn't consuming enough carbohydrates, refined carbs. I didn't have enough of them in my in my day-to-day -day diet. So I added a few in. So that just helps you recover better. It helps you train better. It's just, you know, you become more efficient. Uh, your body becomes more efficient and that's been really great too. So I love, I love trying things and whatever yeah. works really well, whatever I feel is genuine, I love to recommend or add at Body Tree. Yeah. If we can't add it, then I'll refer people out. Of everyone in my life, and we've been friends now for over 15 years, 17 years, you are the most tapped into your body than anyone else I know. And it's such an inspiration. And I don't think that's an accident, let's say. Mm -hmm. You're tapped into your body because you're constantly trying right. to, right? Well, I'm tapped into my body because my parents decided to get sick when I was really young. <laughs> yeah. So thanks, mom and dad. <laughs> no, but I mean, listen, I get it. And uh, and that kind of trauma can can push you in many different directions, right? right? So obviously I've been through, you know, something somewhat similar. My right. mom was sick exactly. when I was young and she passed away. And, and it's my road after that has been to find out one, what healthy means and what a healthy lifestyle means. My mom was had significant stress in her body in her life. I absolutely believe that contributed to ovarian cancer for her and then ignored it for a really long right. time. And I think, you know, you have different choices um, and I've seen it with my siblings that, mm -hmm. you know, we all chose different paths and mine has really been not just to, to understand and ask the questions, but then to share the information and clearly you do the same thing. And I think that's the core of our friendship and why we absolutely. care about each other so much but that value of, I don't want to just learn mm -hmm. and keep learning for your own self and your own health yeah, and wellness. I think you have to put it out there. But putting it yeah. out there and, you know, creating a really safe space for women in Abu Dhabi and everyone else who gets to come through and, or just be your friend and, yeah. and then get that information. And then of course, choose with it what they like. Absolutely. And but not, then they have the choice. They have the choice and they have that accessible. And I just want to say, you know, again, we've been so successful in shift and I don't, 
you know, we don't talk about this a lot, but we really have shifted a lot of people's lives in Abu Dhabi. I'm like, you know, 100%. We, we've seen women come in and this is, I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about the incredible women who offer services at Body Tree who've yeah. been able to shift people's lives. So we've had women walk in who were heavily medicated on antidepressants. And again, it's not our place to tell them what they should be on and shouldn't be on. But oftentimes they might come in and they might start with, we've had counselors work with us and we've had people in the, you know, who do healing modalities that are mm -hmm. very like focused on psychotherapy and emotional uh, release. So they might start there. And then we might then direct them to a class. So it could be Pilates, it could be yoga, it could be, uh, I don't know, we've got, we have so many different classes. And as they start moving, as they start connecting with people who are a little bit more positive, who are just, yeah, perceive the world a little differently as they go through, I don't know, they, they change the way they eat. They might come to Nectar, our healthy yeah. cafe and start eating the food. And, and seeing that, you know, there are different ways you can take control of your life. A lot of these women have slowly moved off of their antidepressants and come to realize that they never really needed them to start off with, they didn't that need it was the, a that band -aid. Quick, that prescription. They right? really didn't need that prescription. What they needed was a shift in lifestyle and in their perception or their mindset. And when they were able to do that, everything shifted for them. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that's very, very powerful. And I see that, you know, we've had some of our Zumba teachers change people's lives, <laughs> yeah. you know, who yeah. would have thought that dancing can change your life, yeah. but it has. Yeah. We've had our healers change people's lives. We've had our Pilates instructors change people's lives. We've had our yoga teachers change people's lives. So I feel like there's so many ways you can really shift your life. And I think you've got to go out there and try different things. I, you know, it just, it bothers me when I see people who say, well, I've just, there's just nothing else I can do. Well, I think there's always something you can do. And I think you should always try to do something. But I don't know. I think that also comes from, uh, I think my parents instilled that mindset in us. You know, my parents have been immigrants a couple of times over, right? Yeah. And that builds a kind of resilience in you as well. Yeah. And so you you know, you're forced to go out there and discover things and make things better for yourself. Yeah. So that has really translated to our life, to yeah. my life. And I really try to pass that down to my kids as well. You know, there's always something you can do to make things better. And get to the root of the issue. Absolutely. And not just kind of gloss over yeah. it. Figure out what's making you feel that way. Right. What's making you act this way. And then figure out, okay, what do I need to do like from the core so that I can make a difference with my own self? A hundred percent. You know, I'm surrounded by women like that. When I look at my girlfriends, when I look at the people I work with, I work with this incredible nutritionist who's a very close friend named Susie Terezian Abu Dhabi. Yeah. You know, she's all about empowering people and teaching them how to take control of their health. I have another friend who I work with named Cecilia Ayub who had breast cancer at quite a young age didn't realize, was shocked. She's always been healthy. She's always been a fitness instructor. But what she always says, and this resonates a lot, that her healthy lifestyle helped her get through her cancer treatment and come out of it so much stronger. And if you look at her right now, I mean, she's this really gorgeous woman who's incredibly fit and inspiring. And yeah. she's formed a whole career in the health and wellness business. But I think that's so important to support yourself because even if you don't know what's going on with your health, you can always support your body to get yeah. through it. A hundred percent. And I think it takes taking the time to get to know your body. As I always say, know your normal and then know that that will change as we grow and our we change and yeah. get older. And then absolutely like get into the core, get into the roots. Yeah. And um, I love that. Know your normal. I encourage all women to absolutely know their normal when it comes to physical movement to how far they can push their bodies, even things like, you know, getting your mental health, 
What's that exactly? Go get all your checkups. Get your pap smears when you're supposed to. Understand what is your normal because we're all very different, you know? Set a benchmark and then you'll always have an understanding as you go through life, what feels right, what doesn't feel right. And what makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. And like you said earlier, what gives us the opportunity to thrive, not Mm -hmm. just survive, especially during tougher times or times when, like you said, we're loading on more responsibility and, you know, give yourself the chance. Absolutely. You know? And then the other thing I want to say that we've done that I think was very unique to Abu Dhabi is as we were building our business, we really focused on community. Yeah. And that community building is so, so, so powerful. And it's something we lean on a lot. And, and that's really, really been, I, I want to say like the reason why we've succeeded you know, it's sure it's all the great services we offer and it's all the amazing people who work with us and it's all our incredible clients, but really it's just this ability to keep building this phenomenal community and these like sub communities within this one space that we have. That's been very, very powerful. It's amazing. Well, I'm so lucky to be friends with you. I admire you and well, having, vice versa. <laughs> I mean, but having to get to know you and the business that you've built, and I, it's not even fair to call it a business. I actually think what you just said at the end, calling it really a wellness community is much more accurate. And, you know, sometimes you have to allow yourself, Nadia, to sit back and and understand how huge it is and how powerful it is for so many women. The women who will live in Abu Dhabi for a really long time, women who will come and go, you know, people like my husband who are there all the time, who now get to eat healthy when he's there because he eats from nectar and he didn't even know it was your, you know, your cafe. (laughs) But I think it's really incredible. And it's like you said, you've changed lives for the better in such a positive way. And once in a while, I know you don't do this, but I hope you just sit and smile and take in what you've built because it's really, really impressive. And it's really, it's just so solid because it comes from a place of love and understanding and education. And it's pretty awesome. But I just want to stress, I didn't build it alone. You didn't build it alone. And I had a community that helped build it and incredible people that I work with who helped build it, who really put a lot of love into it. Yeah. And a lot of our clients who can always choose to go elsewhere, who still choose to come back. And so that's, that's huge. That means a lot. It's awesome. I think it's amazing. And, you know, and I know your mom so well, and she is truly like mother earth. That's how I always think of her. (laughs) And so I understand being inspired by her and her trauma and her journey, but, you know, to take it and build something with her and other partners, but really the heart, you know, to be you and your mom is, is it's, I mean, it's really magical and it's, tangible too when you're there and you see it. Well, I'm lucky, lucky to have a mom I can work with, right? I always say I'm so lucky to have a business partner that I adore, that I love working with. And I'm lucky to live in the same place that my parents live in because that's also unique. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. It's true. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for interviewing me. This was so fun. Thank you. (laughs) 